Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. That was a lot of fun. Um, that's a fun song. Actually, if you read the lyrics, it's kind of like a little bit of serious uh, things to it there. But uh, yeah, so I don't know if it feels like that to you over these last, you know, 13, 14 weeks. We've been stuck with some people <laughs> at home. But that's not what we're talking about today. I do want to talk about uh, what it looks like to be in the middle, though. And uh, I heard this message about three years ago. And it, it really hit home with me at that time. And I'd probably say over the last two weeks, and especially this week, this has just been playing on the record player in the back of my mind over and over and over. And I really feel like the Holy Spirit's released me to uh, talk to you guys about this today. The middle is not always like a comfortable place to be. Think about when you were a kid, right? When you were getting ready to get into the car, into the family car, and you know, you've got all your siblings and you're calling, you know, you know, if mom and dad are both in the front seat, you know that you can't call shotgun, right? So now you're calling places in the back seat. But no kid ever says, I want the middle, I want the middle, right? Because that's where the hump was, right? In the back seat, in the middle. Nobody wanted the hump. If you called the hump, if you called the middle, something's wrong with you. That's not a comfortable place to sit. And plus, then you're you're fighting everybody, you're fighting your brother and sister on the left or the right. And then, of course, you know, you know, playing keep away as a kid. Nobody wanted to be in the middle. You know, whether it's outside in the, in the yard or in the field uh, or in the, in the pool. You know, in the pool, it's, you know, hard because you're swimming and you're fighting the water. I didn't know this until I met my wife. Uh, and she told me that there's a different name for that game, not just keep away, but she's called it monkey in the middle which is very appropriate because when you're in the middle, you are acting like a monkey in that game. And, uh, and so it, the, the middle is not a fun place to be. It's not a comfortable place to be. When you go to a restaurant and they've got the big long booths, I will do everything I can to not be the guy sitting in the middle in the booth. I will preferably want to sit on the end where I can get out easy and just have some freedom. Or I will even prefer to go all the way to the end, other end, where the wall is, maybe. But I don't want to be in the middle. It's not fun. It's not comfortable. And especially on airplanes, right? I mean, okay, so now this is striking a chord with you all. I'm going to tell on myself right now. Some of you guys know this story already. At the very beginning of this whole pandemic thing, uh, before it even really hit the United States and everybody was going crazy. It was just, there was just a little bit of like murmuring over in the Northwest Pacific, you know, about coronavirus. But I was on an airplane in Colorado on Southwest flight, you know, and you know how Southwest works. It's first come, first serve on seating. And I got, you know, I think a boarding group got seated. I was super excited. They came over the intercom. Uh, yeah, please, uh, everybody know, uh, scoot in, because this is going to be a full flight. Uh, this is absolutely full. I'm like, oh, shoot, man, because I'm sitting here next to the window. There's an empty seat next to me, and then there's a guy sitting on the aisle. And I'm going, 
I don't want anybody sitting next to me. Not because I'm afraid of getting sick. I just don't want anybody sitting next to me. I want this elbow room. I want this leg room. I want to be able to set my phone or my computer down in this seat. And so I, there was like three people, last three people coming on the plane. Nobody was sitting between me and this other guy. And I saw this guy, and he, he saw that there was an empty seat that was closer to the front of the plane than the back. And he's, I see him, and I just, <coughs> And sure enough, he just kept walking right by. Because nobody wants to be in the middle beside a guy that's doing that. The middle is not usually a place that you want to be. But I'll say this. You know, sometimes it is an appropriate thing in the course of our real lives to pick a side. Obviously, when we go to the restaurant, we want to be in the airplane, we want to pick a side. But in, in the course of real life, there are times where it is absolutely appropriate to pick a side and not be in the middle. And it feels a lot better in some respects. It feels like, oh, wow, okay, I'm settled here. I don't have this tension of what it feels like to be in between these two situations, between these two people, between these two ideas. I've settled on one. That's great. But oftentimes, there's... Um, that's really not always what God wants for us or desires for us. I think about, I, I as, a, as a kid grew up, I had great parents. I still have great parents. They're still married to this day. But I grew up down the street from me and my best friend, his parents were divorced when he was really young. And I thought, man, what an awful thing for a kid to have to feel like they're in the middle between divorced parents. And the parents may you know, try to get their child to choose a side one way or the other. And even, even now today, you know, uh, about seven years ago or so, Jamie's parents got divorced. And so even as an adult, it's difficult. It's, adult, it, it's difficult for us as a family because sometimes the mother wants this thing and the father wants this thing and then you feel like torn and there's this tension and you feel like, man, this would just be a lot easier if I could just choose a side and write the other person off. But that's not really the best thing to do in this situation, right? So what about dis other disagreements? Being in the middle. I'm sure you can identify with this. Being in the middle of disagreements with family. Being in the middle of disagreements with friends. One set of your friends thinks this way and another set of your friends thinks that way. And you're like, man, I, I don't know what to do. Even in, the, in all this coronavirus stuff, there's this spectrum. You've got some people that are way over here on this side, and they don't want to leave their house until there's a vaccine, and it has been delivered to their house, and it's been proven to work. So they're, they're ready to just, you know, stay locked up for the next year or two. And then there's other people way on the other side of the spectrum who think this is just some worldwide conspiracy. And, you know, for me and myself, I'm like, I'm in the middle, you probably are somewhere on the spectrum too. You might be a little bit more this way. You might be a little bit more in the middle. You might be a little bit more this way. But we've got these extremes in life. And a lot of times, we're just somewhere in the middle. Every four years, we have these events that come up where these two gangs, the Blood and the Crips, they fight against each other, also known as the Democrats and the Republicans. 
And although I might lean one way politically, I have friends that lean the other way politically, and I might have a lot of disagreement with them about some things, but they make good points about others. And so I don't want to be polarizing and just completely cut off my relationship with them. So I'm not, I don't need to necessarily compromise my beliefs, but I don't have to be polarizing. To them in my relationship, I can be more in the middle. There's a theological middle, even. You know, there's a, we've got this like Bermuda Triangle of styles of worship. You've got liturgical worship and evangelical worship and charismatic styles of worship. And, and I find that, you know, sometimes there's a gang war between those three groups of people and we're thinking, well, we're better than them because we have this and we're better than them because we do this and we've had this ancient tradition for, you know, 1,300 years, but we've got the gifts of the Spirit over here and I'm like, hang on, guys. Wait a second. Both things are good. Both things are valuable. I grew up in a church where it was never said, but it was all, all, all there was also this, um, always this kind of like unsaid kind of like air about us, about we are better than such and such a group because we have, we have the Holy Spirit and we speak in tongues. And so I went to school in my early years with a bunch of free will Baptist kids and my mom was like, don't you talk about the Holy Spirit in front of them. <laughs> Because, you know, they don't believe what we believe. But there was, it wasn't just that. There was this, this, this air of superiority. And my mom would never said that. And our church leaders never said that. But there was just this attitude. And then later I grew up and I started making friends with other people outside of my theological circle. And, and that were in other circles. And I was like, wow, these people are amazing. I can't believe I've been missing out with relationship with people just because we don't agree on this one issue. So even though the middle feels undesirable, even though it feels awkward, even though there's tension, it's often, where the, it's often the place where God wants us to be. Why does God want us to deal with the tension of the middle? Because oftentimes it's in the middle where we learn things that we didn't learn, wouldn't have learned before. In the middle is where we mature sometimes. And in the middle is sometimes where God wants us to be because he wants to have influence with these folks and he wants us to have influence with those folks. But if we choose a side, then we divide. There's absolutely some things that it's okay to take a hard stand and say, yes, this is the side I'm going to stand on. We don't have to be hateful about it. We don't have to be rude or arrogant or prideful about it. We can take that stand in love and in kindness. But oftentimes, there is a middle ground that the Lord wants you to be in because he wants you to be a bridge and a connector. The Lord has called us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul talks to us about Jesus' ministry of reconciliation between us and the Father, and then he says that that same ministry of reconciliation has been given to us. It's the trap of the enemy sometimes for us to think that we have to choose a side because once you pick a side, you divide. I'll give you an example. 
we could divide this room right now if we just start throwing out some hashtags. Black Lives Matter. Some people are like, yeah. Other people are like, wait a second, all lives matter. Blue lives matter. Well, yeah, all those things are true. Right there, though, you feel like, oh, I've got to choose a side. I've got to choose one of those over the other. But once you pick a side, you divide. Choosing sides sometimes, again, it can be the enemy's plot to divide what God is trying to bring together. And yes, sometimes it is absolutely appropriate for us to choose a side. And just because we choose a side, we don't have to be hateful or angry or mad or prideful or arrogant. But sometimes, oftentimes, when we choose a side, we'll divide. Jesus even said so. He said, I've come and brother will be pitted against brother. And so there are times where you go, yes, I've got, you know, when it, I'll say this, when it comes to abortion, I'm choosing the side of pro-life. That doesn't mean I'm hateful toward people who are pro-choice. It doesn't mean that I'm going to demean them and make them feel less than human. But I am going to want to be loving and kind so that I have a voice in their life so that they can experience the kindness of God, the same kindness of God that God showed to me even though I was a train wreck. Paul talks about that also in his epistles. I I think the Holy Spirit wants to bring to our attention today is that we don't have to be so polarizing in choosing the sides. We can embrace the tension of being in the middle so that we can bring together what the enemy wants to divide. In Joshua chapter three, the Israelites are getting ready to cross over the Jordan River into the promised land. And God gives some instruction uh, for the Israelites and the priests and how to carry the Ark of the Covenant in front. And, and so the priests would normally carry the Ark of the Covenant half of a mile in front of the rest of the people. That's a long way. <laughs> That's a long way out in front. But the priests would be out there half a mile with the Ark of the Covenant in front of the people. The people would be following them. But when they got to the Jordan... Something unique happened. God gives this instruction. He tells the priest, that he, want, he tells Joshua to tell the priest to go into the river. And so when they would go, step their feet into the river, all of a sudden the water started inching back. And the water started parting, very similar to the Red Sea. And so instead of the priest, though, crossing the Jordan River, they went out to the middle and they stood in the middle of the riverbed on dry ground, and then they let the children of Israel pass by them, and every one of those Israelites had to pass by the presence of God and see this miracle that we are witnessing here, crossing the Jordan River on dry ground from from where we were, from the wilderness to the land of Canaan, the promised land, this is made possible by the presence of God standing here in the middle of this river. And we're not talking about just a couple of people walking by. We're talking about a couple of million people walking by, and the priests stood faithfully there in the middle so they, the people could see the presence of God, not just a half mile up there in front of them, but right there in front of their faces as they walked by. 
when the Holy Spirit filled believers, you and I, when we choose to stand in the middle, something powerful can happen. People can pass by and experience the presence of God and see a miracle happen. Sometimes we think that when we pick a side or when we join a movement, we think that where we're leading. Well, we're leading. Picking this side, joining this movement, I'm going to help lead. But sometimes when we pick a side and sometimes when we, we pick a movement, join a movement, we're not leading, we're leaving. We're leaving someone behind. We're leaving someone else that needs my relationship because the Holy Spirit lives in me. God is saying, if you choose a side, who's going to be able to minister to both of these sides? I want to show you what this looks like. Tim, can you come up here? Luke, why don't you come up here? I want to show you. This is what being stuck in the middle looks like. Come over here, man. There we go. This is what being stuck in the middle looks like. Now, I want both of you guys to just kind of walk off to the sides. Okay, there's some tension here. There's a little bit of tension. And this is what it looks like, and this is what it feels like sometimes to be in the middle. But here's the deal. Once I choose a side, I divide. This is sometimes what God wants for us. Because he's called us to the ministry of reconciliation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. That's a miracle. Yeah. Not the illustration, but what that represents is a miracle. And that is made possible because I chose to bear the burden of the tension of being in the middle. Because I let the Holy Spirit give me the strength to stay in the middle. Listen, it's like, man, I want to I wanna empathize with, with my black brothers and sisters. I want to let them know that I love them. I want to let them know that I care for them and that I hear them and that I hurt with them. And I also know that not every white police officer is racially motivated and that they don't represent an entire race. But once I choose a side, I divide. I gotta bear the tension of being in the middle. We're coming up in election year right here. And I don't know what you think about President Trump. You might love him. You might just kinda like him. You might despise him. I don't know. But I know there's a lot of people, even in the body of Christ, and they're just like, God, watch you stick us with Trump. No. No, 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 no. You didn't get stuck with Trump. Trump got stuck with you because you are in the middle and you're gonna pray for your president, whether you like him or not, whether you agree with all of his policies or not, whether you think he's someone needs to take Twitter away from him or not. You're gonna pray for him because that's what the word of God has called us to do. And so instead of picking a side, you're gonna stand in the middle and say, no, 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 no. I didn't get stuck with the president. I, the president got stuck with me. And if he gets reelected, wonderful. 
he got stuck with me. If someone else gets elected instead of him, guess what? They're stuck with me too. Am I gonna vote? Yeah, I'm gonna vote. But then after my vote is over and after everything is said and done, I didn't get stuck with them. They got stuck with me. That's the kind of attitude that we need to have. I know you're thinking, man, can't we, can't we pick a side, though? Isn't there a right side to pick? Sometimes there is. Shouldn't we stand up for something? Yes, sometimes there is. What, what, what would Jesus do? Listen, I propose to you sometimes it's much easier to pick a side than it is to handle the tension of being in the middle. You want to say something. You want to do something. You want to post something. You guys, this week, Thursday, morning, I woke up and had this something burning on the inside of me, an opinion that I thought the world needed to know. And I spent an hour crafting this multiple paragraph Facebook post. I thought, man, people will will really know the truth and they'll, (laughs) they'll agree with me and they'll know what is right. And I'm like, delete. I didn't even save it as a draft. I got there to the point, I looked, read this through this thing that I had worked so much time on and put so much of my heart and my energy and my thought into, and it wasn't, I wasn't embarrassed of it. But I said, man, if I post this, this is gonna divide. God's not called me to do that in this situation. God wants me to unite, not divide. He wants me to bring something together. He wants me to be okay with being in the middle. That's what Jesus did. You know where Jesus is right now? He's at the right hand of the throne of God, interceding for you and me. You know what an intercessor does? They stand in the middle. They stand in the gap. And Jesus has got one hand in the Father's, and he's got one hand in our hand, and he's saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in the middle. He's called to the ministry of reconciliation. He's interceding for you and I. He's saying, you know what? I'm not letting go because I'm committed to finishing the good work that I started in them long ago. And that's the same ministry that God has called you and I to with our brothers and sisters here on earth. The ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling people to God, but also reconciling people to one another where the Lord gives us influence. We've got to start learning to become okay with the tension of being in the middle. We've got to start becoming comfortable with uncomfortableness of being in the middle. Yes, like I said, don't get me wrong, it's absolutely appropriate to choose sides sometimes. Jesus said that even. But sometimes we're called to engage in our ministry of reconciliation and stand in the gap in the middle. I was having a conversation with someone once in this church. And they were telling, and this person's not in our church any longer, but this person was telling me that they were kind of baffled why there was other people in our church that were still in our church. They were confused that we hadn't run them off yet. And they said, if we were 
really following the Holy Spirit, we would have run those other people off already because they're not Holy Spirit people. And I don't think we're really following the leadership of the Holy Spirit because they seem to just be fine here. I said, oh, wow, I have a completely different perspective than you. I said, I had dinner with that person two and a half years ago. And the place where that person is now compared to where they were two and a half years ago, I'd say, yeah, they're making their way toward the Holy Spirit. They're making their way towards the gifts of the Spirit. They're making their way towards charismatic expression. And you know what? That's not my goal anyway. My goal isn't to make everybody a charismatic or a Pentecostal or make them speak in tongues. My goal is to just give them Jesus and let Jesus do the work. It's not my job to do the work. That person left our church. That's too bad. I was okay with them staying. I didn't ask them to leave. I was embracing the tension of being in the middle. And that person that I was talking to couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it. They wanted everybody to look like them and talk like them and jump up and down like them and eat their peas like them. I don't know where that came from. I don't even know if that's an expression. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what God has called seed church to be. And I don't even think what God's called any of our churches to be. We use this analogy all the time of how God has created us to be an orchard, but we're not all apple trees. Some of us are orange trees and avocado trees and lemon trees and we're, we're, an, we're an orchard of different kinds of trees, but the important thing is that we bear fruit. I can't take Dale, who might be an orange tree, and say, Dale, you better start producing apples, buddy. It's not gonna happen. It's not who God created him to be. What I wanna do is say, Dale, just produce the fruit that God has called you to produce. And to do that, we have to be okay with not everybody looks like us or think like us. And we can disagree with people and not, not break up with them, not divorce them. We can still be friends with people, even in disagreement. We don't have to be ugly. I'm glad I'm learning to deal with the tension in the middle. I'm glad because it's growing me, it's maturing me, it's giving me more opportunities to share Jesus with people and to be Jesus with people and be in a relationship with people. God wants us to be okay with being in the middle so that people can experience the same grace that you've experienced. We've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Let's be okay with the tension of being in the middle. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, 
leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.